0: in a wide, wide world of sports is going on in.
1: Broadcasting
2: live from the greatest city in the world. Austin, Texas, baby. It's Bucky and Aaron.
3: You guys want to play some twos?
2: You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the
3: middle of a conversation. B&E. What's B&E?
2: Bucky Godbolt, Aaron Hogan, on The Horn, 1049 AM 1260, and hornfm.com. With the Longhorns play and Austin Talks Sports.
0: Wake up, everybody. No more sleeping in bed. No more back-thinking, time for thinking
2: ahead. The world has changed so very much from what it
0: used to be. There's so much hatred, war and poverty. Oh, oh, oh.
3: Wake up, all the teachers, time to teachers. Oh, yes, sir,
1: and yes, ma'am, you had better. Hey, let's wake him up, get him up, get them going, Wednesday on B&E. We're going to drag you up over the hump on this, the 3rd of May. A lot to dive into, big conversations, a lot of basketball, NBA last night, couple of big ones in L.A. and, excuse me, San Francisco and New York, coast-to-coast NBA hoops last night, tough loss for the Dallas Stars on home ice last night in the NHL, Stanley Cup playoffs, baseball, and, of course, football is year-round here on the show of the people. Plenty of college and pro football talks. still looking at that NFL draft. Surprised to see the uh, number John Robinson will wear in Atlanta. That was revealed yesterday. Also, a Lifetime Longhorn inks a new deal with a Super Bowl contender. We'll get to all of that and much, much more over four hours of fun conversation, which begins right now. We appreciate you being there. Early bird always gets the worm. Whether you're on 1049 on the FM dial, maybe it's 1019 FM AM 1260, always available, and, of course, digitally. And if you want to listen to our shows and this show, we want to make it as easy as possible. Download that Horn app to your smartphone. Take us wherever you go um, with a couple couple touches of the button. You're listening to us uh, anywhere you are. Also on your smart speaker at home and work and always right there for you on the website. Whether you want to watch our show and this show and all the shows in our Twitch channel or you want to just listen to them, they're streaming always at hornfm.com dot com. Mr. Godbolt not in this morning. Ducky Bucky taking the next couple days off. He'll rejoin us on Friday morning from the mullet open. He's making final preparations and all the deal to get ready for the 22nd uh, playing of the golf tournament on Friday. Of course, he's also got the uh, mini mullet, which is a uh, a kind of a the overflow crowd of players who still want to play because the, the mullet open so popular out there in Bastrop sells out so quickly. So uh, this was to help with some of that demand to have a second tournament, a much smaller version of the Mullet Open, but that'll be tomorrow. So obviously the Buck has a ton of work to get done today and tomorrow. He will be out this morning. Uh, he'll be back with us out live from uh, the Hyatt Lost Pines Resort, the Lost Pines Golf Club coming up on Friday morning, which we are eagerly looking forward to. Uh, he'll rejoin us out there, but uh, next couple days we'll cover it. Uh, coming up in our about 7 o'clock, my buddy Mike Craven's going to come in from Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Mike will sit with us for a couple hours, college football and other. Things, Mike and I are doing a new podcast, multicast that we've started called "The Eyes on Texas" multicast. But uh, Mike's real job and day job is to write, be the lead college football writer for Dave Campbell's Texas Football, and he's been all over the state of Texas here in the month of April into May, uh, visited every campus of the thirteen Division One schools in the state and a thirteen now tie uh, playing Division One football with Sam Houston State, joining the other twelve, so they have risen up. So Mike's been across the state uh, every every campus talked to every coach seen every team so we will talk with Mike about uh, his travels and what he thinks of the uh, best teams in the state of Texas in the big 12 and certainly the Longhorns uh, throughout the seven and most of the eight o'clock hours so looking forward to that uh, talk plenty of NBA this morning and uh, the other top stories of the morning so how was your uh, your gambling night my friend
3: it was good decent yeah, I, I had a pretty good day yesterday. Uh, it was my dad's birthday, actually. So Happy birthday, pops! Went to dinner last night. Where um, would you, where was our, uh, our 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 dining? At Sway. Ooh, there's there's one here in Westlake off Bee Caves, and there's one downtown. It's like a Thai food place.
1: Sway. I like the name. I think I've heard of it. Okay, Sway. There you go. So, how was it? Good. It was good. Yummy. Yeah. Good vittles. All right. Had well, a jelly
3: beer. You Ever heard of, heard of those before? Hey, what? A jelly beer. Jelly beer. I have not. What don't describe this to me. It's um well they come up before and they like turn it over, it's in a bottle and they they hit it with like a bottle opener, metal. I don't know what they were doing, but as soon as they open it, it like freezes essentially and it becomes like a beer slushy. But you have to chug it for like the first thirty seconds because it's overflowing with ice and slushiness Uh, like a
1: volcano yeah it's pretty good though. cold volcano it's pretty good all right jelly beer at sway for my man ty our producer Uh, let's say good morning to the men and women at fort hood texas and all our military installations throughout the state around the country and all over the world who go to uh, work every day to help us uh, maintain our freedom and get to do what we get to do also all our first responders Uh, we have national teachers day actually i was wrong on that by the way today yesterday ty was not national teachers day Something I read on my prep sheet that said next week, the ninth, is National Teachers Day. I was a week in advance, but still never wrong to say thanks to our teachers. But that'll actually be coming up on the ninth, not the second. Uh, week in a hey week ahead. That was like reminding me, hey, coming up next week is National Teachers Day. I read that as Today was National Teachers' Day, but every day should be National Teachers' Day for sure. So thanks to all the uh, the folks who do what they do so we can do what we do. And that's Talk Sports with you. Specs text line, always available, 512-337-3776. Hit us up. Let's chat about the, uh, the big games going on, all the top stories. Mike Craven will join us and also have our live music update with the guy Nick Shuley coming up later on the show. Uh, so it's going to be a fun Wednesday, the 3rd of May here on B&E. Let's get to the headlines, the trending topics. Said you had to fall asleep for that big NBA game last night. Let's get to the news, how it played out in San Francisco. UBO Business Services brings it to you. Start in the association. And yeah, the L.A. Lakers have gotten the early jump on Golden State. Taking game one of that much-anticipated Western Conference semifinal series, Lakers went into San Francisco, took down the defending champs on their home floor, 117-112. In a matchup of the two greatest players of this generation, LeBron James and Steph Curry, it was Lakers big man Anthony Davis who was the best player on the floor last night. Davis was incredible, scored 30 points, pulled down 23 rebounds, dished out 5 assists, and for good measure, blocked 4 shots. LeBron chipped in with 22 points and 11 rebounds. Curry scored 27, but... D'Angelo Russell hounding him all over the floor last night, shot just 10 of 24 on the night. In the early game last night, uh, cross-country in New York, the Knicks bounced back from their game-one loss to Miami. They take game two at MSG, 111-105. The former Mav Jalen Brunson led the way with 30. Julius Randle added 25. Heat played without their star Jimmy Butler, who was out with that sprained ankle. they hope he's back for game three as they head back to South Beach now. Also last night, Philadelphia center Joel Embiid named the NBA's most valuable player. The 76ers' big man finally claimed the prestigious trophy after finishing runner-up each of the past two seasons. He flipped the script. His dominant season this time came in just ahead of Denver's Nikola Jokic for the league's top individual honor. Bucks forward Giannis Tentacupo, third. 29-year-old averaged 33 points a game this season, just over on nearly 55% from the floor. Also grabbed over 10 boards and 4.2 assists per game, nearly two blocks. Unfortunately, he isn't expected to miss their game two tonight of their series with the Boston Celtics. He's battling that sprained knee. That is the lone game on the NBA card tonight in Beantown. Game two, Boston and Philadelphia. NHL Stanley Cup playoffs last night. Tough loss for the Dallas Stars in game one of their best of seven with Seattle. Despite a four-goal night from Dallas center Joe Pavelski, the upstart Kraken won it 5-4 to four in overtime. Major League Baseball, Texas Rangers rallied from 4-1 down. Rolled past the Arizona Diamondbacks, 6-4. That's four in a row now for Texas. Uh, down in Houston, the Astros got blown by the San Francisco Giants and their right-hander, Anthony Anthony He held Houston to just three hits over eight innings. Astros and g will play the rubber game of that series this afternoon at Minute Maid Park. Round Rock Express got rained out out in Reno last night. NFL, former Longhorn Puna Ford has inked a one-year deal with the Buffalo Bills. This days after the NFL draft. And in Atlanta, the Falcons revealed that former Longhorn B. John Robinson, who they selected with the eighth pick in the first round over last week's draft, he's going to wear number seven In Atlanta, not the number five that he sported for three years here with the Longhorns.
2: This segment brought to you by UBO Business Services. Great people, great service, endless possibilities. That's UBO Business Services. Visit them at ubeo.com. Yeah,
1: surprised to see that yesterday there, TY, with. uh Bijan going to wear seven. Michael Vick's old number. Remember when Michael Vick was, of course, the number one pick in the draft of the Falcons out of Virginia Tech? And uh, boy, he took the NFL by storm. He wore number seven at quarterback. Bijan's going to wear it at running back
3: or wherever they have him lined up on the field. Yeah, that's going to look weird for sure. <laughs> there,
1: there was a graphic that I retweeted that the Falcons, the Atlanta Falcons Twitter account put out, and it's Bijan, but he's wearing the number seven. Uh, which I guess he chose num-
3: that. Is there a number five already, or I don't know Is the, Desmond I, Ritter
1: number five. I, 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 I'll look. I don't know the, the Falcons roster good enough to know, but I would think whoever that is might give it up to to the to, to the eighth pick of the draft. But you know, you know how those things go. You know, you might go make that. He made five famous Drake here in London. Austin.
3: Drake London's number. Five. Oh
1: yeah, Drake London. There you go. That makes sense. Yeah, Drake was of course the uh, the high pick out of USC, uh, and that's part of why. You know, a lot of people were surprised by Atlanta taking Bijan with the eighth pick. You know, on this show, I kept saying, and you and I, I kept talking about, you know, Atlanta. Atlanta just seems like a logical spot. Now, even Vegas uh, going into draft night had Atlanta as as the odds favorite, but which is why I was surprised. So many of the national pundits and conversation was were surprised that that was the pick. I think a lot of people thought it was going to be Philadelphia. A couple of picks later, uh, but in the end, Atlanta. Had you know, last year they drafted Desmond Ritter, and I know that doesn't excite a lot of people, but I know talking to folks in Atlanta, they really like Desmond Ritter. He you know four year starter at Cincinnati for Luke Fickle, and uh, took that team to the Final Four, two time the Conference Player of the Year. They think he's a really really uh, good leader and good player. Not a great quarterback as far as you know the overall tools, but same time you put good weapons around him, he's shown he can lead and he can make big plays and has a clutch gene to him. Uh, so they are trying to put stack him with weapons. So Drake London, who does wear number five. Bijan will be on number 7. Kyle Pitts, the tight end, the freaky tight end, freaky Pitts, as Bucky and I took to call him when he came out of Florida. They drafted him early a couple, couple years ago. Uh, they have uh, Tyler Algiers, the running back, who the rookie a year ago out of BYU. So, And they have a run-based offense, so Bijan just made sense. Now, I also saw the argument against Atlanta there that, you know, they, they didn't have a problem running the ball last year, right? They were among the best rushing teams in the league with Corderell Patterson and Tyler Algiers and um you know their 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 head coach Arthur Smith. But I think the argument for it was look, you know, Corderell Patterson's really a receiver. We kinda got a lot of yards out of a, a trio. We're gonna really pair this thing back to Bijan and uh, and Tyler Algiers, and we'll have a very young Two-headed monster at running back to back up our young quarterback who uh, we want to flourish with, with weapons around him. And remember, Atlanta also, Ty, really attacked their defensive side of the ball through free agency and trades. They, they added seven or eight new players on the defensive side of the ball before the draft from March 15th on. That allowed them to be freed up to take take Bijan. So I think Atlanta has a chance to be an improved football team.
3: Yeah, definitely in a very weak division. Yeah. I'll probably the worst in football. Well, as we talk about the power structure of the NFC,
1: where the Cowboys fall in that, you know, the, the NFC South is so interesting. I think right now you'd have
3: to favor C- the New Orleans Saints. As Just because of the consistency with Derek Carr? Though. Yeah, the best I mean, Even team, though well, he's on a new team? You, know, you
1: usually start with, you know, consistency and, and best quarterback, right? Best quarterback in the division proven is Derek Carr. Who they they signed in, in free agents? Of course, the Raiders and Josh McDaniel didn't want Derek Carr, so he became a free agent. Florida with the Jets, but the Jets wanted Aaron Rodgers. He ended up in New Orleans. So you know he's a veteran quarterback. Has, has been a good player and a starter in this league. You know the other teams in that division really can't say that. I mean uh, Desmond Ritter is unproven. Uh, they think he's going to be good in Atlanta, but we don't know. Uh, you got Carolina, who's just drafted Bryce Young to be the uh, the heir apparent. Then there's Tampa Bay, where you've got. Uh, you know, Kyle Trask and Baker Mayfield uh, dueling for that uh, job. And, you know, does Baker win it after his strong finish with the Rams, or is it going to be a, a Kyle Trask situation? They didn't address quarterback in the draft. Tampa didn't. So, yeah, I think right now the Saints, but as you say, weak division. I would certainly put Atlanta um, in the conversation because they weren't a terrible football team last year. They were. They could run the ball. They got a young coach. They're trying to re- re- flip over that roster from the Matt Ryan era. And I think uh, number 7 – B. John Robinson will be a big part of it as they move forward. So good to see that. Also good to see Puna Ford land with the uh
3: Buffalo the Bills. Buffalo
1: Bills. You know, and he he you know, he's one of those that's kind of in a weird spot. He was a really good player uh in Seattle to start his career where he's an undrafted free agent because of his size, right? He's only not even six foot tall, but really as a penetrator and an attacking defensive tackle, uh, earned his stripes in Seattle. But he's at the age now that, you know, he's probably asking a little bit too much money. For a defensive tackle and a veteran that he is, but he kind of waited out the free agent period and then waited to see after the draft who still needed to plug a hole. And uh, but he said he wanted to win a Super Bowl, and he thought going to Buffalo was his best chance to go to a Super Bowl and play with Josh Allen. And uh, you know that that Buffalo team is interesting as we flip it over to the AFC and the power dynamic of that conference. You know, Kansas City are the champions until proven otherwise, but you know going into last year, Buffalo, the hands-down favorite to win the AFC, if you remember. They underachieved. They didn't run the ball very good last year. Uh, Josh Allen didn't have a great year. You'll we'll always wonder how much he misses uh, Brian Dayball, who was the offensive coordinator and then went to take the job with the New York Giants, and he did such a great job there. Was there a, a drop-off in the, in the coaching and play calling and those kind of things uh, when Dayball left? But Josh Allen wasn't as dominant. But it does feel like you know they're they're trying to address their run game and uh, get be able to run the football a little more. They took Dalton, Dalton Kincaid, uh, the Bills did with uh, their their first round pick right ahead of the Cowboys, the Utah t- uh, tight end. Remember they they signed Damian Harris, the running back from New England, on a one year deal to come and help them run the football. Latavius Murray is there now. James Cook drafted him last James year. James Cook out of Georgia a year ago. So I, I you know if I'm starting to power rank the uh, the the NFL and certainly the AFC, I wouldn't forget about Buffalo because this remember. They were the favorites last year. They were the team to beat after that thrilling, you know, playoff game in in Kansas City the year previous. The overtime game, the shootout. That, you know, you know, if they win the coin toss, maybe Buffalo's playing in the Super Bowl. And uh, it felt like it was their time last year. They didn't, and now you wonder if uh, you know if you're a Buffalo fan has, has Cincinnati kind of moved past you in the AFC so. as that second team with Joe Burrow. But you know what, Buck uh, Ty, that's going to be the ongoing thrill of the AFC is Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes of the Kings you know Joe Burrow uh, gonna get a new contract here coming up they signed Orlando Zeus Brown away from Kansas City to to protect his backside he's been sacked so much in Cincinnati uh, they had a good draft as well in the Queen City Buffalo those three you know three great young quarterbacks. Uh, dueling for the, uh, the the supremacy in that conference, I think that's going to be ongoing. But that's not the end of it, right? You've got Justin Herbert in with the Chargers, uh, you've got Lamar Jackson now re re resigned in in uh, Baltimore. Lamar Trevor, Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence emerging in Jacksonville. Deshaun Watson's in Cleveland, and hey, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers joins the conference and joins uh, Josh Allen's division. How much fun is that going to be with the upstart Jets, Tua, and the Dolphins? There's just uh, there's so much competition. Uh, it's safe to say because only seven teams can make the playoffs. there could
3: going to be really be Hall of Fame quarterbacks that don't make the playoffs this year. They just they don't have enough spots. I think there's a good chance the Jets still makes playoffs again. I mean, yeah. out of all those quarterbacks you just named, I'd, I'd take most of them over Aaron Rodgers right now. Well, and- if you're playing one season.
1: Well, that that's a good debate. Now, for one season, obviously for the long haul, you take a younger player, but, you know, Aaron Rodgers you know, had a little bit of a down year last year after winning the MVP in back-to-back years, and you know he said that that the the injury to his thumb on the the, the throwing hand was a problem for him in last year in Green Bay, so he didn't play to the level. But he's back, reunited with Nathaniel Hackett, his offensive coordinator, who was calling plays in Green Bay when he won back-to-back MVPs and had a couple of his best seasons in his later thirties. And you know, as we said, his his off year last year. I mean, this is what's amazing about how bad the Jets quarterback play has been, not just last year, but historically. Aaron Rodgers' off year last year in Green Bay would have been one of the best passing seasons in Jets history. I mean, his down year is better than anything they're getting in New York. So, uh, you know, again, we, the Jets are a, a complete question mark because there's, there's just a lot of them. If Aaron Rodgers is back, if the, you know it's Robert Sala, a big-time coach— uh, Nathaniel Hackett calling plays, but boy, there's a lot of talent there. So I don't just dismiss the Jets. And, I'm not
3: dismissing them, but I mean, I, I don't think... Yeah, somebody's they, got to lose. I don't think they can threaten Buffalo to win that division. <laughs> I think Miami is more of a threat at this point. Well, two yeah, well, Miami healthy.
1: beat them last year in a game and, and played a playoff game with them yeah. with their third-string quarterback. And almost won. And, and we're in the game. So, yeah, I mean, uh, don't sleep on Miami. That's the that's the beauty of the AFC. We talk about the NFC and the Cowboys and Eagles. That's wide open. There's Who's going to rise up? Seattle, Detroit, Maybe New Orleans, as we just talked about, the AFC is just juggernaut, man. It is, you know, Again, I mean, with seven, you, have, you got you got ten great quarterbacks in the AFC. Three of them are making the playoffs. It's just they're not enough spots. It's like, somebody's going to lose. That's just the way that's going to go. So good NFL talk. Good to see Bijan in Atlanta, and good to see Puna Ford back in uh, in that uh, battle there in the AFC East uh, division. Okay, so we got NBA basketball. We'll get to that coming up. Did you watch the. I know, I know you were stung about the stars. Getting a four-goal game from Pavelski, who came back and still losing the game to the Seattle Kraken.
3: Yeah, three goals in one minute in the first period from the Kraken. Um, I didn't. I didn't watch the whole thing because you know we gotta wake up early here. And that that game started. I don't. It was in Dallas, but it still started at like eight thirty-nine, which I don't understand. It has to be for the Seattle people, right?
1: Yeah. Well, we'll get to. Uh the big game last night, but that was tough for to to lose that game on home ice and the crack and get the win. So we'll get to that coming up. But man, what the game last night with uh LeBron and Steph Curry. I mean this was uh we we say much anticipated series. Uh this is big time because you know they went they went four straight years head to head in the finals. And these are the two greatest players of this generation. LeBron James is the best. He's the all-time leading scorer. Uh, he's you know, 20 years of dominance in this league, whether he was in Cleveland or Miami or now the Lakers. And Steph Curry, right? We saw what he just did to close out Sacramento. By the way, uh, did you see this note, Ty, before we talk about the game itself last night? The NBA announced that uh, you know Sunday afternoon's game, the Warriors-Kings game, it, said that it saw Steph Curry score 50 to close it out on the road. Was the most watched first round NBA playoff game in 25 years. Um, obviously, Steph Curry has always turned on television; it's always been must see TV. But that series itself was a big one. Uh, that series that that uh, series averaged 9.8 million viewers, and that game itself was huge <laughs> for TV ratings. I watched it; I think everybody watched it. Once you saw Steph going off early, you had to, to stick with it and be glued to what they will will, will, will say or what what you were going to see. And uh, first round of the NBA playoffs were gangbusters for TV ratings. ABC, ESPN, TNT, NBA TV, all up 15%, 20% over last year. And um, they have the star power, and this series itself has all the star power. Uh, you got to stay up late to see it last night. But uh, in Game 1, how about the, uh, the Lakers getting the jump? They were the more physical team. They had the more aggressive team last night. And let's be fair, if they're going to get that Anthony Davis that's going to play like that they I mean, they absolutely can win this series when that guy's surprising uh, i mean 30 points but he also blocked four shots uh, he was the 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 lane protector for
3: all the easy buckets That's 20 the, rebounds right
1: yeah 23 23 boards four blocks um i mean he was everywhere and he was unbelievable and this is where you know at his age lebron james you know he can carry a team for a game but against this team and against this unit that is so deep and so experienced and um, you know, what they are, I thought last night was real interesting that LeBron played off of Anthony Davis. Steph Curry was being hounded by D'Angelo Russell. D'Angelo Russell was chasing him all over the floor, also doing a good job on defense uh, for the Lakers was the intruder. Uh, uh, you know, Douglas. what's his name? Uh, Schroeder, the uh, the other guard. He was also a ball of energy, trying to chase Steph around. You can't put one guy on him, but he scored twenty seven. But Steph had to take twenty four shots to get to twenty seven points. So the Lakers, Lakers, made him work, which was a, was a great piece. And yeah, they they won all the physical categories. Rebounding, uh, defense was better. They were just more the more intense team. I think it's it's fair to point out that the Lakers had a little bit of a layoff. Between their yeah. series with Memphis, and I mean, again we just talked about Golden State just played that game seven in Sacramento
3: on Sunday afternoon. I should have counted for that more. Yeah, there, I picked Golden State last did night. Did you? And, and just I didn't even really think about the emotion, the you know emotional high they just came off of that game seven win that was like what two days ago. Yeah. So
1: yeah, I mean it was uh so after the game the that, that was kind of the, the mood in the Warriors locker room was now. we and you know, that was a quick turnaround we probably weren't had our legs back under us yet uh, the. You know, I have to think the Lakers were planning to play Golden State. I don't know. I mean, it's, I think if you're if you're uh, Darvin Ham and the Lakers, you're kind of like, you know what? We're going to do more prep on on Golden State in advance, just because we know when we see them, how much of a challenge that's going to be with all the the championship medal and all the uh, playoff experience. And uh, they looked locked in. Lakers looked locked in. And who would have thought that? You go back to even January, February, when the Lakers didn't look like they were to make the playoffs. And now here they are, this this, this new-look team with all the trades at the deadline, all the additions they made, already up 1-0. And we know Golden State has struggled on the road. I know they won two games in Sacramento in the previous series. But uh, Lakers announcing well, their presence in the Western Conference, I think, a little bit last night.
3: Uh, I'm, Yeah, I, I think they win one more game in the series. That's, That's it. A, I think Golden State will, will get it right. They, they lost game one to... They lost the first two games to Sacramento. They did. in the uh, first round, so I don't think it's too big of a deal. No big overreactions. Uh, Anthony Davis played great, but I mean, history will tell us that he's not going to do that every game in a playoff series. You're lucky to get two of those out of him. Uh, LeBron, he only averaged like 21 points per game in the first round. I think you're gonna, if they're going to pull out a win, a series win over Golden State, you're going to have to. He's going to have to do more.
1: Do you think? Well, that was the cool thing for LeBron is he didn't have to last night. I'll say this. I mean, I I tend to agree with you that Golden State is by no means out of this series, and maybe even still the favorite because of what we talk about all the depth and experience. And but if you're going to get that Anthony Davis. For They can absolutely win this series. They can yeah, beat anybody.
3: But, I mean, you're not going to get him like, like that every game. You know? There's a good chance he gets hurt. or I, he's, <laughs> he gets just, hurt. he's just, he's well, just that's soft the thing. to me. I don't know.
1: Well, I, don't... I mean, he has been, but when he plays like that, and that's always been the story of his career, when Anthony Davis brings that to the table – Thirty points, twenty three boards, five block shots, five
3: assists. Oh, he's a flip the switch guy for sure. Jeez. And, and he eliminated uh, Kevon Looney last night, yeah, who had one of the best offensive rebounding series well, of basketball in history last, well, last in the first round.
1: Well Looney did have twenty three rebounds last night. <laughs> yeah. But, but it, I, uh, the points points were, were not great and they won the rebounding battle. And that's um, I mean,
3: that's Golden State's only big man. Beyond him, you're you're entrusting Draymond Green to guard Anthony Davis or I mean even even an Anthony or Andrew Wiggins
1: yeah, so, I mean, I, I mean
3: it, that's yeah. a concern in the front court for Golden State.
1: Well, if you're a Laker fan, you're excited. We'll take your thoughts on it. A great win to start the series, to get a win in Golden State to to do your thing. Uh this this series will get huge ratings. I mean, if the the ratings in, in series 1, obviously fans are engaged. They're into these playoffs, they're into Steph and uh going going for back-to-back and uh, obviously in, into the Lakers. These are this is going to be Again, these are the two ba- best players of this generation going head to head for probably the final time. I mean, whatever happens in this series, this is possibly it. Last time we see LeBron head to head with Steph, uh, so and then you got the other series in the West where Denver's already up two games to none, and the Suns. I don't say they're dead and buried, but they look with Chris Paul now dealing with the growing injury. Who would have thought that was? Yeah, gonna who would? Well, I mean, <laughs> it wasn't if it was when for CP3 when he was going to get hurt, and uh, uh, as you said all along, Ty. With you know, yes, you have Durant and Booker, but. They just don't have any depth, and Denver does. Denver's got the runner-up to the MVP and Jokic, and they have no answer for him. And that was the problem for for the Suns now through these two games. Monty Williams has a big problem, and it's both ends of the floor now for him. They they are struggling. I mean, their defense was so bad in the first game when they got run off the floor and Jamal Murray went crazy. They made adjustments in Game 2 to play better defense, but then they only scored 87 points, and... You know that you know they need to be better uh, on that end of the floor. So Western Conference, a lot of fun. Lakers get the jump. Uh, Anthony Davis plays as the best player on the floor. We'll take your thoughts. Uh, Ty still thinks the you think the Lakers win one more game. That's it. That's all. Yeah, I think four four
3: or two sounds about right. Okay. Well, you were you were siding with the Warriors last night with the the, the gambling. Now, like I said though, I didn't I didn't account for the emotional high that it just came out of you know. I I also bet on Miami last night too, and they hey talk about a backdoor cover. Thank you Josh Hart. Thank <laughs> you for missing that free throw. I, I, I appreciate it. Yeah, what was that line with uh, six, Jimmy Butler not playing? It was Six and a half uh, in the morning when I took it, but it went all the way up to ten before the game. Oh, nice bet by you. You get four points of value on that by going early. All right, there's
1: some early chatter. NFL and NBA will take your thoughts. Specs text line 512-337-3776. Coming right back, pick those conversations up. Also, the uh, MVP handed out last night, finally, Joel Embiid. After a couple of near misses and uh, runner-up, he gets the award last night. We'll debate. Uh, Craig has his report this hour. we got our B&E Facts of the Day. And as I mentioned, my buddy Mike Craven is going to drop in and talk plenty of college football in the middle middle part of the show uh, on this Wednesday. With the Buck being out, it's B&E on the Horn. B&E. B on this Wednesday morning, dragging you up over the hump, middle of the week. Bucky is out this morning. Somebody said is Bucky at the symph- symphony? After yesterday's story, no, no, no. Bucky is, uh, you know, Bucky puts in a lot of hours, and a lot of time into this event, the golf tournament, the Mullet Open on Friday. Uh, by the way, we've got a lot of new listeners, including Ty, that don't know that the Mullet Open. People think it's nicknamed after the mullet, like the mullet haircut, but it is not. It is not. Now the logo kind of kind of pays homage to the um, to the. Uh, the formerly Quinn yours do the mullet, but it's actually a, a golf term or it's a fishing term that Bucky used to, you know, he used to talk about the, uh, you know, chum in the water, the mullet. But you know, the, when you're going to take some money from your buddies on the golf course, that's the mullet. That's the chum. That's what you, you these guys are rolling up in here. We're going to take all your money, uh, win some skins here. Should have known it was about money with Bucky. Oh, because Bucky doesn't play; in, doesn't do much for about money. But he also doesn't play golf for fun. He, it's a gambling event, an endeavor. Which so you two are kind of like kindred spirits, you and Buck. You know, makes anything more fun. <laughs> makes anything more fun to put a little skin on it. And that's uh, skins game. So that is the uh, where where it all came from way back twenty two, twenty three years ago. It's the twenty second playing of the Mullet Open on Friday. But we had to skip the year because of COVID, because everything got skipped the COVID year
3: 20. I was walking the streets of Fort Worth after the Texas TCU game on Saturday, and some guy overheard us talking. And we were talking, walking with this older man down the street to the bar, and he let me know. I was, he was like, Oh, I was like, I work at a radio station here. And he's like, Oh, do you work for the horn? Do you know Bucky? I'm, <laughs> I'm driving down there for the Mold Open on Thursday. And I was like, Oh, well, and he's like, Look for me. Uh, so I'll be out there on Saturday. Oh, man, it's always it's a good cra- time. It's crazy that it, it had that kind of reach of just a Fort Worth resident who comes down here he said he's been coming every year every, well that's the thing about started.
1: the mullet open is that most of the people who play in it have been playing in it every year for if they're still living <laughs> i mean uh, it's the 22nd playing and so many folks who started out with it way back in uh, you know the early 2000s are still cranking up out and joining and that's why the mini malls that's why there's the second tournament tomorrow the little smaller version because you know we have there's not and people just rebook for next year. And the fact that Bucky now has it out at the Hyatt Lost Pines Resort, where people can get a room and bring their families and make a weekend out of it, and play the golf, float in the lazy river, all those fun things for a couple of days. And uh, you know, Buck has really worked out a nice deal with the great people there at Lost Pines. So, uh, looking forward to being out there. But that's why the Buck is out this morning. He's uh, got to haul a bunch of stuff and get everything done. He'll be a nervous wreck in a basket case. Made you know, it's like putting on a you know. What's a major a wedding or something every year, right? You got to put everything together, logistics, prizes, uh, entries, goodie bags, you know everything. He's got um, you know Jancy who helps him out a lot, but at the same time, it's a, it's a labor of love, all for the Burke Center for Youth and for you, the people, uh, which is coming up tomorrow and Friday out at Hyatt Lost Pines. Talking Lakers Warriors last night. Lakers get the jump. Here's a text that says, "Disagree, Ian. Ty. Lakers have more depth than the Warriors." Well, look, I mean that's uh, that's what a seven game series will determine. And the, the the I will always say the Golden State Warriors are the champs until somebody dethrones them and beats them four times in a seven game series. No one can do it last year, uh, and no one in the West has been able to do it. You know there were a couple of years there where Golden State didn't even make the playoffs, but they're on an incredible run in the Western Conference. They they don't lose series in the West. That's why I think you are so confident that they're going to be fine even after losing last night's game because. You know when they when they make the playoffs with Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and Draymond healthy healthy, they don't lose now they've lost in the finals to LeBron James, right, so yeah. you know that can happen, and that's why this series is so compelling you've got uh you know these these- 'cause LeBron James when he's healthy and has a good team around and doesn't lose series that often uh you know in his career and certainly of late so and the Lakers are in it, and the Lakers made all the deals at the at the break or the All-Star break, and right before the trade deadline to rebuild the roster, build depth around LeBron and Anthony Davis. D'Angelo Russell was brought back. They brought in Vanderbilt. They brought in Dennis Schroeder, who's really stepped up. Hachimura. Hachimura has has come in, and he's been a big addition for them. So you know the argument, who has more depth? I mean, we know you've got Steph and LeBron. They're going to be the tips of the spear. But if you're going to get, as we said, if you're going to get that Anthony Davis last night who's going to score 30 points and grab 24 rebounds and block a bunch of shots and be a rim protector... You know, the Lakers are going to have a chance here. The other part of that is Schroeder not only scored 19 points off the bench, uh, he was tremendous defensively, I thought, on Steph Curry, he and uh, D'Angelo Russell. Uh, and D'Angelo Russell's a good player.
3: Yeah, I, he's offensively, he's he's hit or miss every night, and I've never, I've never seen him play defense like he was playing last night. I just watched some of the highlights. Uh, I mean, that's a big time to get that kind of defensive energy Well, then out give of Darvin like Ham that. a lot of
1: credit. Darvin has uh, let the fire under this team. I think LeBron is is a big part of that. And look, I mean, LeBron James wanted to play with Anthony Davis. They wanted this to be the pair, and they won the championship in the bubble, uh, the COVID year, we know that. But, you know, this would be a, you know, for either – if the Lakers or Warriors – if Steph or LeBron were to win a championship
3: this year, and it feels wide open. You think the Lakers can win a championship this year? Well, I mean, I, uh, it's. I mean, I, they, they've been I think playing you, very I, good. I, I think you think it
1: because that's been the narrative and the thought all year. But no, that, they, but, the, but again, this team here that just went through Memphis. There weren't a lot of people picking them to be Memphis. A lot of people thought Memphis was the deeper, yeah, younger I, leg team with John ja Morant, and they were gonna the Lakers were gonna look old and, and slow against that team. That wasn't the case at all. They ran them off the floor, beat them by thirty I or forty if you, if in you, Game if Six. If You had a
3: healthy Memphis with Stephen Adams and uh, well, Brandon sure. Clark, and you didn't have John ja Morant dealing with all the off court stuff and an injury. I, I think that that series is different. I'm I I I think Memphis is the better was the better team just. to— not a good situation for them coming in the playoffs, well, but I mean but the Lakers were the better team by far in the series. If you can get if you can get Anthony Davis to show up for an entire playoff series, you, you're always going to have a chance. Well, that's what LeBron I was James. going to. That
1: the LeBron needs to be lighting the fire under Anthony Davis every game. Like this is probably
3: it for LeBron. Who you know we always say that, but how many more of these does he have? He can't be the driving force no. anymore. He I mean he's still one of the greatest players. But I Ever think he can for
1: stretches of games and for a game.
3: Not for a whole series. Right, he needs for help sure. And that's,
1: but that was what you saw on display last night. And if they can replicate that a couple more times, and they've already stolen a game in San Francisco, so they flipped the home court, uh, this will be a really compelling series. And obviously I think it goes deep. I think it goes six or seven games. And um, you know, Steph Curry will make some adjustments. And I do think you have to factor in the Golden State just wrapped up a seven-game series. You know, thriller of a series with Sacramento on Sunday afternoon, and they here. They are, you know, two nights later, really one one night later, playing again on a Tuesday night in uh, in San Francisco, back from Sacramento. So, you know, they'll get their legs under them uh, and they'll make some adjustments because they're the Warriors, of course. So, looking forward to this series. If if we set off the top of the show. If the uh if the T V ratings for the the first round are any indication, this thing is gonna be a whopper because as we said that Sunday afternoon game, Warriors Kings, when Steph scored fifty, was the most watched first round playoff game in the NBA's in twenty four twenty-four years last time. Nineteen uh, what, ninety-eight? Uh nineteen ninety-nine was the last time there was a playoff game with that many TV viewers. So obviously the fans are locked in. Steph brings eyeballs, uh LeBron is it's gonna, gonna bring, be a fun series. It's gonna be a great series. Uh now Over in the East, the Knicks did what they had to do. It wasn't ultra impressive. Uh, I still think the Heat are the favorites here if they get Jimmy Butler back with that ankle. But that uh, that obviously is a big if. The Heat are already playing without Tyler Hero. Um, You know they they can't obviously be in this series without uh, Jimmy Butler long term.
3: I did watch all of that game last night, and that was about as close. I mean, Miami was winning the whole game. Yeah, without with I mean bench guys. Yeah, and that's Eric Spolstra, right? Uh, he's a great, he's great coach, great coach. Uh, you, know, you know, he gets credit with the Heatles
1: and uh, Dwayne Wade and LeBron and Chris Bosh, uh, but he is a really, really good coach. And uh,
3: you know, this how, where- how many teams in the NBA have like a legitimate culture? Because besides, the, I know the Heat do. Like a he do that, that, that translates that's, that's Pat to Riley before. and Eric Spolster.
1: I agree with you 100. And they know how to flip it on. when it's time for the playoffs, I think that's a very fair question. Who has natural? I mean, Golden State obviously yeah. does. You know, I think the Spurs think, used to. Spurs absolutely did. And I think we're finding in Boston where the Celtics lost a game to the 76ers on uh, Monday night that they had no business losing uh, with no Joel Embiid. They allowed you know James Harden to go crazy. Uh, no defensive adjustments. They, I heard uh, Patrick Davis on the afternoon show say this yesterday, and it's so on point. Uh, the Seventy the Sixers only shot, you know, like, excuse me, the Celtics only shot like uh, twelve free throws. They weren't being aggressive in the game, and that goes to what you're asking about culture. Ime, U, Ime Udoka did an unbelievable job getting that team to the finals and lighting that fire. Where did Ime Udoka come from? The Spurs, right? He for for that year getting them to the finals and overachieving, uh, Udoka was huge for them and uh you know now he he's in Houston course well, he couldn't you know keep it you know where and uh he's out, and now you know they 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 seem to have lost something because they don't play with that consistency uh even the uh the Atlanta series had some head cr- head scratching games with the Boston Celtics. So actual culture, you wonder if Doc Rivers is starting to instill some of that in Philadelphia. And they're going to get Joel Embiid back at some point. We know the Bucks are already out. The Heat are the team no one wants to play right now. If Jimmy Butler can get healthy in the East, so yeah, a lot of compelling storylines in the NBA. Look who's on the line. I'm sure, his ears were ringing as we were talking about him. He is the 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 man himself, Bucky Godball. What's up, Buck?
0: Dude, I am. Up since about 4 o'clock, of course, when I had an opportunity to actually sleep in a little bit. Couldn't do it. Stomach rolling. My body's rolling all over the place. I'm, are you driving I'm, the movie truck or what? Or are you driving the big old uh, U-Haul or what? Yeah, they'll be here in about another hour getting ready to unload all this crap out of my out of my man shed so I can at least have that cleaned out and get it out there to the Hyatt and then start mixing it around for the Mini and the uh, regular Mullet, but... I heard you talk about all the years of doing this stuff, and you know the Burke Center is celebrating its 50th anniversary this year. And Steve and so many different, you know, headmasters out there have gone through. Um, they put, a, they've taken a lot of kids off the street that have had really some real hard times. And you know, when you've been sexually abused by a family member, and you know, and then all of a sudden they have to be, you have to be taken away and you become wards of the state. It's tough. It really has been tough on these 32 boys, and every year. They change over, but some of the coolest things that we've really accomplished, uh, obviously, through the 22 years of doing this, one of the biggest is obviously getting Tito Beverage involved because, I mean, Tito's built him a gym. I mean, he's now, Tito now lives in Driftwood, just, you know, not far from where the boys are. So he's constantly taking care of them. But uh, some of the stuff that we've done through our our notoriety of the Burke Center for Youth is these kids now are getting hired by people and they become eight, you know, they become 18 years old because. All of them, they don't go off to college. Some of them go to trade school, but places like the wonderful people like Cavenders um, and Dripping Springs, I, I just heard from um, one of the managers in Dripping Springs, Alan, who says, hey, listen, if they're 18 years old, get them down here to Tractor Supply. I mean, we can, you know, people are, people don't seem to like to work right now. And there are opportunities at places like, you know, Tractor Supply that would love to hire these kids, and they're going to start looking into them and, and uh, evaluating them and talking with them and maybe hire them. And I think that's, I mean, the biggest we can do is when these kids turn 18 that they just can't put them out on the street because, you know, they have to, they have a halfway house. They, they, they stay in for a while. So they can get their driver's license, things like that. But for people to employ these kids, you know, I, I think that's, that's the biggest of all, after all these 22 years, you know, we've, we've held them out in, in many different ways and, you know we wanted to do the same thing for the refugee ranch and we hope someday that all that stuff gets straightened out because we want to come back to those girls and those sex traffic young girls but this is this is this year is, is a big year for hiring kids that are turning 18 out there at the Berg Center you know and, and to get if we get four or five of them a job that is that's huge and, and the, the really the start of their lives
1: it is. It's for boys ten to seventeen uh, who have been abused and uh, need a place to grow up. And of course, as we've always said with the Burke Center, you know, not a lot of people run into adopt a twelve or thirteen year old boy, um, yeah. you know, and that's that's the challenge. And the Burke Center has been that bridge from those ages to adulthood at eighteen. But then when they're eighteen, they need opportunities, and they teach them trades and they teach them how to how to how to work and things that they can be skilled at. And that's what the Burke Center is tremendous, and it's the primary benefactor or, or benefactor of the uh, twenty second playing of the Mullet Open on friday buck we're up against the break yeah, man. man thanks for calling in all uh everybody. check in whenever yeah, you need and to you and, and we'll...
0: thank you thank you for 22 years you've been here for every single one of them I mean, it's not just me that does this it's you i mean it's i mean it's the bell that you ring for this for these kids hey, man. so I, I appreciate that and i'm looking forward to seeing you guys on friday
1: all right take enjoy the days and get all your work done we'll see you friday morning out at uh, the height lost pines and looking forward to it thank you my friend just uh love being a part of it we'll talk to you soon we're going to go to cook time out here's craig way It's Bucky and Aaron. Wednesday on the Horn, B&E with you. Yeah, it's uh, good to hear from the Buck. He's up early, working. Getting that mullet open up and running. The mini mullet tomorrow, the actual event, or our event, will be Friday. And this says, hey, thanks for all the hard work. On the mullet open, Bucky, of course, he does a great job. And, yeah, he just laid out the the Burke Center for Youth. It's uh, 50th year, started in 1973. It's out there in Driftwood. Out there uh, near the Salt Lake, kind of down by, uh, heading towards Dripping Springs, uh, coming out of the Driftwood area, so uh, really a great, great place, and Bucky has always uh, supported that cause of those young boys. Uh, we appreciate him calling in and checking in. Also on the NBA conversation, here's a text that says, Dylan Brooks may have poked the bear and kick-started a more determined LeBron. He regrets that because of the Series L and the grid saying they don't plan to re-sign him. Yeah, Dylan Brooks is on the outs. He won't be back. Uh, what a punk he's been. Uh, and a whiner, gosh. I mean, Ty, don't you have to, like, earn the right to be a whiner? I mean, be a be a diva? What has Dylan Brooks ever done in the NBA?
3: Well, yeah, I mean, what is he, he didn't do anything <laughs> in college basketball either. <laughs> right. I mean, Draymond Green at least won a championship before he became the Draymond Green we, yeah, we you know gotta, and love today. you got
1: to put some skins on the wall before you can do that kind of stuff, man. Or you have absolutely no credit. It's hollow whining. But, yeah, Dylan Brooks, did he wake up the Lakers, uh, potentially, because here they are. Up one on the, uh, the Warriors already, just one game. Warriors had a quick turnaround from their previous series, but uh, that's a lot of fun. And uh, uh, for a moment last night, LeBron James and Anthony Davis had made history, because, uh, but they changed the stat page. Uh, when the game ended, LeBron James and Anthony Davis became the first teammates with 20, 10, and 5, and 3 blocks in the same game. Uh, they all posted that. I mean, obviously Anthony Davis had 30 and 23, and you know five block shots. But uh, he, those two, both had at least 20 points, at least 10 rebounds, uh, five assists, and three blocks in the same playoff game. But later they uh, they took an assist away from LeBron. They took one away, so not longer that no longer stands. Hey, be any fact of the daytime. Look who's here. He is. Uh, Mike Craven. Now, I'm excited about this. I previewed it earlier, but uh, Mike and I, Mike Craven, with Dave Campbell's Texas Football. First of all, good morning. Morning. Thanks for jumping in here. Yeah, this Mike, is a little early for me. This is early for you. You're a writer. You like to stay up late and pile up words and watch sports, yeah. but uh, we're here early. But Mike and I have uh, launched a new multicast we call the Eyes on Texas Multicast. It, uh, it's part of the Dave Campbell's uh, Texas Foot- Republic of Texas Football Network, and you also can find it on the Horns uh, YouTube page. Uh, Dave Campbell's YouTube page and uh, Spotify and iTunes, wherever you get your podcast, And we covered Texas football. We did seven episodes through the Longhorns' spring. Uh, we're going to put the show on hiatus for a month, much like the Longhorns. We'll take May off, and we'll be back at it right after Memorial Day, Mike, with great content and coverage of the Longhorns and all their opponents in 2023. Let me ask you this, and, um, you know, c- and we're going to talk about this a lot with Mike over the next couple of hours while he's here with us, but you've gone uh, across this state. You've gone to every program in the state. There are 13 of them now with Sam Houston, and you visited every campus.
2: Yep, 12 of 13. I didn't go to Texas State. We, uh, my, my managing editor, Ishmael Johnson, who's great at his job, he went to Texas State, so he still likes to do the Texas State section, uh, but went to 12 of the other 13. It's 13 now with Sam Houston uh, going up. So it's always fun to kind of reconnect with how big the state of Texas is. Yeah, you know, you we all know how big it is, but you start driving around it, taking trips around it, and you're like, man, this really—I've stayed in this state and gone to 20 different places, you know. <laughs> and so, uh, but it was fun. Um, you know what I enjoy about the magazine season is it's a lot like the draft, where you walk out of there and you go, man, everybody's going to be good. You know, you even walk out of Rice going, the Owls. They're not bad. Yeah, the Owl's got some Play, pieces. Everybody's you know? draft class is, is their favorite. <laughs> uh, right. every, every team is like, "Oh man,
1: we got the best picks you you of know, anybody.
2: Best workouts they've ever had. They got the strength and conditioning figured out. They made some tweaks. you know." And so there's just optimism everywhere, and, and it's fun to kind of go around and talk to the coaches when they're in those type of moods. Well, with twelve
1: of the thirteen, uh, you know, with you being here this morning, uh, we will certainly on our Eyes on Texas uh, podcast, you know, multicast focus on it. But while you're here. Uh, you know, If you're a fan of, it, of a team in Texas, not Texas, we'll certainly talk Longhorns coming up, but Texas Tech and TCU and all the rebuild they've got, Baylor, Texas, I mean, all the schools, Sam Houston even. Yeah,
2: we can talk Texas UTSA. We UTSA, do UTSA
1: your alma mater, UTSA. Uh, so if you got a question, shoot it in on the text line, 512-337-3776. Mike also well-versed in the NBA, so we'll talk some more Lakers and, and Warriors. Uh, but I know at your magazine you guys do a, uh, a ranking every season or every week of the uh, best team in Texas. Mm-hmm. Who do you have as the best team
2: in Texas coming off of all of your travels? Have you picked one yet? Do you know who it is? You know, so we try to do it in comparison to their competition, right? So I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say A&M wouldn't beat UTSA, but I think UTSA has a better chance to win in their conference than A&M. So we kind of do it that way. Uh, it feels like to me, you know, UTSA may be number one. I mean, they've won you know, if you if you list the teams that have won the most football games in college football over the last two years, it's like Ohio State, Clemson, all the normal ones, and then UTSA. You know, and so... Well, let's,
1: let's pick that up on the other side. I want to get into the- The best teams in Texas coming out of the spring, regardless of conference, and as you say, you waited a little bit to the level of play in the conference they play. And I'm eager to get back into that with you. If you've got a question for Mike on your favorite team and quarterbacks and replacements, all the good stuff, we'll do that with Mike over the course of the next couple hours. Mike Craven with us, Dave Campbell's Texas Football, also uh, yours truly, Ty Henderson is here making bets, and we're having a good time on a
2: Wednesday.